0: This is District Sentinel Radio, the newscast of record for the left. I am Sam Sachs. I am Sam Knight. We are broadcasting out of Town, Washington, D.C. Sam and I still a safe social distance away from each other. How are you holding up over there, Sam? <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm holding up. How are you holding up? Molding up, being fueled by Twitter rage uh, each morning. I saw today news that Steny Hoyer will be attending a fundraiser for Joe Kennedy III. Joe Kennedy, the guy who is mounting a primary challenge against Ed Markey in Massachusetts, challenging Markey from the right as a Democrat. Steny Hoyer supporting that primary challenge. Just going to bookmark this for when Steny Hoyer flips out in the future about challenging Democrats from the left in primaries. Speaking of challenging Democrats from the
1: left in primaries, check out the campaign website of Michaela Wilkes, if you haven't yet.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Of course, she's challenging
1: Steny Hoyer.
0: Yeah. uh, Michaela Wilkes, friend of the show, uh, More disclosure here. I did voiceover on another ad that Michaela Wilkes uh, is out, uh, has released against Steny Hoyer. So, uh, this kid racking up the uh, voice acting experience over (laughs) here. I am. I am. You know, it's about the only other thing a podcaster can do, really. (laughs) All right, let's get to it. It's Tuesday, May 19th, 2020. Here's the news. Owned. You got owned for trusting me.
1: That's the message Steve Mnuchin told Democrats today in virtual testimony before the Senate Banking Committee, and it could result in unemployment getting worse. The Treasury Secretary came under fire for not committing to use his authority to ban layoffs for companies getting emergency credit from the Federal Reserve, firms that take bailout money through direct stimulus, face layoff restrictions under coronavirus relief legislation. But for companies borrowing from the Fed's Main Street lending facility, the rules are at the discretion of the Treasury secretary. And good luck if you think foreclosure king Steve Mnuchin is going to invoke these rules to prevent mass layoffs. Here he is in an exchange with Elizabeth Warren.
0: Programs like the airline programs had very specific requirements to keep jobs, which was the intent of Congress. That's right, and the rest was left up to you. And what you're saying is that you won't do it. You know, you. we're in a situation where 35 million Americans have filed for unemployment. You're in charge of half a trillion dollars. You're boosting your Wall Street buddies, and you are leaving American people behind. I think so that Senator Warren, I think that's a very unfair characterization. And these issues were discussed with both Republicans and Democrats at the time. You were not necessarily part of those discussions, but these were completely discussed.
1: Note Mnuchin's uh, comment there about Warren not being in the room. Democratic leaders won't even let a squish capitalist like Warren be part of major negotiations. But Mnuchin does have a point there. As we noted in late April, Democrats agreed to let Fed loans have no requirements on layoffs, in exchange they got transparency rules, which the president will no doubt break, considering he's firing inspectors general left and right. In other news, Fed Chair Jay Powell said that emergency credit to state, city, and local governments should be up in about two weeks, the so called municipal lending facility. To follow up on some of our coverage from last week, he and Minuchin also said that the administration is prepared to take losses on these loans and on the Main Street facility loans. Powell added that he expects the terms of the credit to be much more favorable than what the market will be able to offer, even though credit ratings are being taken into account. That said, the emergency programs on favorable terms themselves will almost certainly not be enough to help. Senator Jack Reed, a Democrat from Rhode Island, urged the Fed to consider grants instead of loans to local governments.
0: Back in March, the Trump administration announced an historic ceasefire deal with the Taliban in Afghanistan, one that would eventually lead to the withdrawal of U.S. troops. But a new Defense Department Inspector General report shows that the war in the country is still very much raging on. The IG acknowledged the week-long lull in fighting as the deal was approved earlier in the year, but noted that attacks quickly resumed afterward and that, quote, Taliban violence during the quarter overall was high. End quote. The report mostly spoke in generalities when discussing the ongoing violence in the country. That's because the exact number of Taliban attacks on coalition forces is being kept from public view. Same was the case with a Special Inspector General for Afghanistan reconstruction report that was released earlier in the month number of Taliban attacks has historically been included in annual oversight products, but recently stopped. The Pentagon claimed that the data was now, quote, a critical part of deliberative interagency discussions regarding ongoing political negotiations between the U.S. and the Taliban, end quote. Pentagon's spokesperson Jonathan Hoffman told reporters last month that the department was, quote, working toward a better solution and better place for Afghanistan and the sharing of that information would not move that ball forward, end quote. Well, I'm pretty sure that the Afghan government is aware of the numbers, so the only ones really being kept in the dark is the U.S. public on this one. News of increasing violence in Afghanistan is bad for multiple reasons. First and foremost, more evidence about how the U.S. just absolutely fucked that country up. New UN data on Tuesday revealed the civilian toll. There was a spike in civilian deaths in the month of April. The Taliban reportedly responsible for 208 civilian casualties. That's up 25% since 2019. And Afghan forces responsible for a 38% increase in civilian deaths, a total of 172 killed. This is also bad news because you can expect Democrats now to scold President Trump for drawing down U.S. troops in the country to begin with. There's more confrontation with China
1: to speak of. Today, the Treasury Department unveiled new sanctions against a Chinese company, accusing it of helping a sanctioned Iranian airline. Shanghai Saint Logistics was penalized by Treasury for allegedly acting as a sales agent for Mahan Air. The Iranian firm and its partners have been hit repeatedly with sanctions since 2018, since the Trump administration designated Iran's Revolutionary Guard as a terrorist organization. Shanghai Saint is the first Chinese partner of Mahan to be hit with penalties. All of its assets in the U.S. will subsequently be frozen. In a statement released today, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo hit out at the Chinese government. He said, quote, The People's Republic of China is one of the rapidly dwindling number of countries that welcomes Mahan air, which ferries weapons and terrorists around the world for the Islamic Republic of Iran. U.S. officials also say that Mahan Air is helping the Venezuelan government bust U.S. sanctions. In related news, AT&T said they're pulling out of Venezuela because of U.S. sanctions. That means the end of its DirecTV Latin America services in the country. According to the Associated Press, DirecTV had 44% of the market share in Venezuela, and was one of the largest American companies still there. The firm also used operations in Venezuela to broadcast programming
0: to other parts of South America. And finally today, a return to normalcy in the U.S. unfortunately means a return to executing people. Missouri is scheduled to execute 64-year-old Walter Barton on Tuesday night after a federal appeals court cleared the way will be a highly suspect execution during regular times, and particularly so during a pandemic. The case against Barton has always been weak. It took the state five tries to convict him of the 1991 murder of Gladys Kuehler. The state relied on questionable blood splatter evidence and unreliable jailhouse informants. The American Bar Association, the Innocence Project, and other organizations have called for the execution to be stopped, citing the case's troubling legal history. But Missouri Governor Mike Parson is just pushing right ahead. That's also despite the risks involved related to coronavirus, risks to prison staff performing the execution, attorneys that need to be present, family of both Barton and the victim. Right now, it is very difficult for attorneys to do the necessary work to save their clients when there are travel restrictions and social distancing guidelines and economies shut down. It's the reason why executions in Texas are on hold. Even Texas has placed their executions on hold. There's a freaking public health crisis, but Missouri's pushing ahead. Not only that, drugs stockpiled by states to use in executions also have medicinal uses, especially right now. Last month, health professionals and scientists wrote a letter to states still practicing the death penalty, urging them to tap into their drug stockpiles to treat COVID patients. Quote, Our research suggests that the drugs currently stockpiled by your states could be used to treat hundreds of COVID-19 patients, the letter said. So states instead are like, why cure people when we can kill them instead? Truly psychopathic shit here from Governor Mike Parson. And not the best segue into haiku music, but here we are. Time for the poetry portion of the show where we read haiku for our new subscribers over at patreon.com slash district sentinel. Five bucks a month. You get access to all the bonus content we put out plus your own poem written for you and read on the air.
1: This is for Griffin. Hear the wind echo the timeless cries of
0: triumph. I'm Corcus Bucksoth. <laughs> Thank you, Griffin. I'm Corcus Bucksoth. I'm Corcus Bucksoth. I'm Corcus, Corcus Bucksoth. <laughs> uh, this is for M. Quarantine shave time. Oops, I got bored, and now the dog is shaved as well. Thank you, M. Finally,
1: this is for Dan. T-levels are low because of
0: 5G towers. No further questions. (laughs) Thank you, Dan, and thanks to all the new subscribers. Again, that's patreon.com slash district sentinel. All right, that is it for the show today. We've got a brand new edition of Chip Chat coming out on Wednesday. We explore the events in the Senate around the extension of Patriot Act surveillance authorities, and a new hope that it might emerge in the House to curtail surveillance authorities. All that's coming up with Chip on Wednesday. Then we've got a brand new Means Morning News on Thursday. And then we're right back at it with the Garbage Can Show for subscribers on Friday. We're here in D.C. Oh, and we
1: have the... uh...
0: We have the Trash Future interview coming out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to interview the folks at Trash Future. We'll release that with, uh, what do you think? Should we release that Thursday or on the Friday subscriber show? We'll figure it out. At some point, it's going to come out. It's coming out soon, very soon. Yeah, Thursday or Friday. Maybe for subscribers, maybe not. So might as well subscribe just in case. Patreon.com slash District Sentinel. All right, that's it. We're here in D.C. we will get a
1: show if you subscribe. Definitely the Friday show garbage can honor can FOIA follies or whatever we're calling it where you get a you get the the inner look at the mind of of us journalists uh, trying to get information from, from the federal government
0: yeah it's well worth it well worth it all right we're here in DC so you don't have to be.